0: Welcome to Ghost Town. That's the specials. With the song Ghost Town. How about that? I'm Creepy Steve. It's time to get right back into some rock and roll. Some good old rock and roll. Uh, It's part two of the uh, Smiths this week. So, How about that? Pretty excited about that going on. I like those guys plenty, hope you do too. We'll get into that in about 30, about 30 minutes. I've got some songs to play for you here that I dug up from the archive. What do I got first? Let's see here. Ah yes, I like these guys. They're out of the UK. And uh, this one's off their 1983 LP, Script of the Bridge. The track is Don't Fall. It's the Chameleons. You're listening to WRFN LP Pasquo. This is Radio Free Nashville. You are in ghost town. Hanging with the Smiths and me, Creepy Steve. Hang on. They'll be with you here in just a short while. Until then. We'll let the music speak for itself.
1: In his autumn for the winter comes man's last mad surge of youth.
2: What on earth are you talking about? artillery room All that run We put hairs on your chest One chance to be gone Don't get a tie and a crest Hello Ray What a nice day For the E2 Rifle E2 Rifle Hello Ray Our brains must
3: play The E2 Rifle E2 Rifle Because
2: you were clever When you did the fuse Top down the house of commas Brand new shoes Composed a revolutionary symphony No one to back with a charm in your place
0: the album the scream that Susie and the banshees with jigsaw feeling from 78 also in there the jam off the setting suns lp from 79 Eating rifles was the track and kicking it all off don't fall off of, off of 1983 script of the bridge the chameleons all of them folk out of the uk today how about that i play a lot of uh stuff out of london i like i like it not to say uh I don't like the New York stuff and beyond uh, from the same era. I'll get back into that here. Maybe in uh, the next show. I think I got a lot, a lot of uh, English and uh, UK bands today. That's all right. That's, that's good stuff. Okay. Uh, Let's see. Also out of London from 1979, all female punk band, the slits. I love these gals. Uh, They did uh, have a male drummer by the time this album was recorded, but, uh, when they started out and were touring live it was all females and uh this is a good classic album cut is the name from 1979 here's spend 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 you're listening to radio free nashville it's ghost town i'm creepy steve
4: i am Decently recently my
0: That's off the Peel Sessions. The Peel Session version. That's Insight. Joy Division and Ghost Town. Before that turned to red the 1979 debut EP from Killing Joke. And the slits in there. Up there. 79 release cut. Spend, spend, spend was the track. Alright. We got a packed show. I'm gonna keep it rolling. This is uh you're listening to Radio Free Nashville. I'm creepy Steve hanging in Ghost Town once again. On a Sunday of all days Sunday, Sunday, Sunday Alright, it's the Cocteau Twins Peppermint Pig is the track Coming at you. Feel it. Down. The Detectives, the 77 single by Elvis Costello and The Attractions, his second official band. A great lineup, if you ask me. Lots of great uh, songs came out of that group. And starting off that short set, Peppermint Pig, the single by the Cocteau Twins in there. That's Elizabeth Fraser on lead vocals. Almost like a, a, a legitimate siren, a siren, if you will. Quite the pipes on that gal. All right, we're back into uh, our special guests returning from last week. This is part two, The Smiths. And uh, I've got a whole slew of songs to play for you for the next uh, hour, I believe, I'm going to take you through. I've got uh, some interview clips as well to paint the picture for you. This will be the latter half of their short-lived career, these guys out of um, Manchester. And uh, I'm going to play you... A single off the Peel Sessions here first and then I've got one last track for you off Amita's Murder which is the album where we left off last week alright this is Nowhere Fast the Peel Session it's the Smiths hanging in Ghost Town with me Creepy Steve you're listening to Radio Free Nashville I'd like to drop my
5: to the world
6: Statement is is well self-explanatory really, and we use it because we feel that um, popular music should be used in order to make serious statements, because um, so many groups sell masses and masses of records and don't raise people's level of consciousness in any direction, and we find that quite sinful, especially in uh, these serious times. How would you like people to react
1: then to the, the title of this LP?
6: Um, well, if they meat. I'd like them just to think about it and just to take it from there, really. Because there doesn't really seem to be anything else in modern life that that makes people think about this um, subject, really. I mean, I think many people are still under the uh, assumption that meat has absolutely nothing whatsoever to do with animals. You know, animals play in fields, etc. And meat is just something that appears on the plate. Which is quite strange because on, on many, many other issues I think people have become very aware and very enlightened. But on this, this very brutal, Barbarous issue, you know.
1: Johnny, your manager says that the LP is, is the Smith Sergeant Pepper. Oh is, is this an, an accurate description, do you think? Um, I wouldn't say so, no. Um, it's quite different in that, I mean, we're producing, we, we have produced the LP ourselves. Um, um, I, I think in many ways it's a lot more direct than, than maybe our records have been so far. But um, Sergeant Pepper, um, I'm, not, I'm not too sure about that one it's, it's a, obviously, we regard it as being uh, the best thing we've done so far. How, how do you come to write them, then? I mean, do you first bring in the, the words, and then Johnny puts some chords to it, and then everyone else tries to arrange them, or, or what?
6: No, Johnny, Johnny puts the music down on a cassette um, with guitar, and he gives me the cassette, and I live with the cassette for a few days, and I just um, wheedle words into the cassette, and then we just all get together, and it happens at, at the drop of a cassette.
0: That's Morrissey and Marr on the making of the Meat is Murder album. Here's one last track coming out of last week off of that album. That joke isn't funny anymore. It's the Smiths hanging in Ghost Town. Park the car at the side of the
5: road You should know Time's tide will smother you about people who feel so very lonely their only desire is to die but I'm afraid it doesn't make me smile I wish I could laugh but that joke isn't funny anymore it's too close to home and it's too near no struck me I just might die with a smile on my face I...
1: Been presented, though, haven't you, as, as this sort of ailing Victorian romantic with a, with a permanent health problem? You know,
6: which isn't really, as far as I'm concerned, a slur. I can live with that. <laughs> I mean, if, if somebody said that that I was a you're a, proud of this. And, well, if somebody said that I was a, a, a rock and roller or whatever, incurable macho, incurable. Mm. Well,
1: they'd never say that. Mm. Are you as profoundly miserable as? as no, they
6: not would like really. Us to not really. Again, that just simply becomes somewhat of a pigeonhole, somewhat of a tag.
1: And um, if you like a label, no, I don't think so. But the, the lyrics would suggest that you're, you're permanently on the verge of despair and suicide. I, the,
6: in, in, in a way they do, but in another more serious and affecting way, I don't think they, I don't think they do because, because I feel that, that, that I write with humour. Mm. And I never get recognition for this, but um, when people say Morrissey is so miserable, to me it's just a lazy journalism, it's just a very surface opinion.
5: With a thorn in his side Behind the hatred there lies A murderous desire For love How can they look into my eyes and still they don't believe me How can they hear me say those words And still they don't believe me And if they don't believe to the divide and if they don't
0: thorn in his side off the queen is dead that's the smiths in there hanging in ghost town and you heard an interview with morrissey on his persona as he feels he's perceived by his fans and the public uh that joke isn't funny anymore the single off of meet is murder was the second track of that set, and starting it off nowhere fast the peel session version you're hanging with the smiths in ghost town and uh we're getting right into their uh 1986 release the queen is dead during 1985 the band completed lengthy tours of the uk and us while recording this album and uh, reached number two in the uk charts at this point they were having some dispute with uh, their independent record label and also johnny marr was starting to voice his uh his concern over certain politics in the band and getting exhausted doing too many tours Also, you know, drinking too much, things of that nature. So this is kind of where the band started to take a little turn um, towards the negative, but still uh, producing some wonderful music. And let's see here. We've got, yes, the single that uh, kicked off this album's release, release, Big Mouth Strikes Again. You're in Ghost Town with The Smiths. I'm Creepy Steve. (laughs)
5: Sweetness, sweetness, I was only joking when I said I'd like to my shirt tooth in your hair.
7: 15 being in different bands usually with older guys Mm. and always with older guys and then when i got to about when i left school got to about 17 18 as i say always being in bands um i start there was a i just started to click with music that was more of my own Mm. age group like the psychedelic furs or um joy division and all of that stuff and um um I wanted to form a band with people of my own age and um, I, you know like a lot of guitar players just was on the hunt for a front man and a mm-hmm. singer and when I was younger one of the older guys I used to hang out with, Billy Duffy, who went on to form The Cult and yeah. he's still playing in The Cult He's still a very good friend of mine. He'd been in a band with this guy Stephen Morrissey in Manchester and I'd remembered from a few years before you know I remembered him mentioning that and um, that he was a, you know, someone who took the business of being a lead singer and writing words and mm. everything seriously so there I was sort of trying out all these different people who had the right haircut but weren't really singers mm. and everything so I decided to go back to my old neighbourhood and track Morrissey down yeah so I just went uh, found out found a guy who knew where he lived and then um went and knocked on his Morrissey's door and and just said look you know I've, I've got a band that i want to put together and i need a singer and i need a co-songwriter and all of that sort of stuff and amazingly he let me in you know and um and then we clicked straight away you know Mm. he was the only other person on the planet who liked the music that i liked in 1981 Mm. um or 82 um which was the girl group to Shangri-Las, patty smith yeah yeah all of those quirky little three minute records with loads of reverb on yeah, because everyone was into synth and electronic music at that time, and dance music, early dance music, and uh, and then that was it. We were inseparable then for the next, well, I guess, five years or whatever, mm. and you know, and we became a band and off we went, you know. Take me
5: out tonight. I never, never want to go home Because I haven't got one anymore Take me out tonight Because I want to see people and I want to see life Driving in your car Oh, please don't drop me home Because it's not my home It's their home and I'm welcome no more And if a a double-decker Time We
0: W-R-F-N-L-P-Pasquo hanging with the Smiths. Who
5: are
1: the Smiths? We are the Smiths. Morrissey, Johnny Marr, Mike Joyce, and Andy Rook. The Smiths.
8: Why do you call yourself the Smiths?
1: Why do we call ourselves the Smiths? We call ourselves the Smiths because you decided we were called the Smiths.
6: And I decided because it was the most ordinary name And I think it's time that the ordinary folk of the world showed their faces.
0: Why do you hold flowers when you sing?
6: Why do I hold flowers? I think flowers are very beautiful things. Very nice and innocent things. They don't harm anybody. They don't burp. And they don't do anything ugly. So why not? It's better, I think, than waving socks about.
5: Panic on the streets of London
6: I'd like to talk a bit now about your background. How old are you? I'm 25. 25. So, you were then running the fan club for the New York Dolls, um, mm. who spawned a thousand punk mm. rock bands, yeah. when you were, what, 15? Quite young, yes, 15. Mm. How did you get involved in that? Well, there was really nothing else to do. I was really quite dedicated to, to, to the Dolls, and... Um, I just had um, some degree of ambition at that age, which, I mean, people consider it to be quite young to be doing such a thing, but uh, I never really did. It was really quite good for a while, but suddenly, one day, it's really quite strange because I was so fanatical about the dolls, uh, to to an almost uh, uh, unhealthy obsession, and then one day, I just simply woke up and suddenly it didn't mean a thing to me, which was quite frightening. I mean, for me now, to look back uh, upon records from a particular period, which were the sole reason why I existed. And to listen to these records today and and I I hear nothing is really quite strange.
0: That's Morrissey from The Smiths. You heard Panic, the 1986 single, in there. And before that, there is a light that never goes out off The Queen is Dead. And from that same album, starting off the set, Big Mouth Strikes Again. An incredible single from that year. And uh, we're going to keep it going from 1986 it's the Smiths in Ghost Town. Here's Ask. Shyness
5: is nice, and shyness can stop you from doing all the things in life you'd like to. Shyness is nice, and shyness can stop you from doing. All the things in life you'd like to. So if there's something you'd like to try, if there's something you'd like to try, ask me, I won't say no. How could I? Coyness is nice, and coinage can stop you from saying all the things in life you'd like to if there's something you'd like to try If there's something you'd like to try Ask me, I won't say, no, how could I? Spending warm summer days indoors Writing frightening birds To a bucktooth girl in Luxembourg Ask me, ask me, ask me Ask me, ask me, ask me, because. If it's not love, then it's the bomb, the bomb, the bomb, the bomb, the bomb, the bomb, the bomb bomb, that will bring us together. Nature is a language, can't you read? Nature is a language, can't you read? So ask me, ask me, ask me, ask me, ask me, ask me, because if it's not love, then it's the bond, the bond, the bond, the bond, the bond, the bond, the bond that will bring us together. If it's not love, then it's the bone, then it's the bond that will bring us together. So
6: discover Oscar Wilde um when I was plundering towards ten years old my mother was quite dedicated and 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 she had several books and I think she had said to me before that look you really have to read this it's everything you need to know about life and I ignored her largely but one day I I became nailed to the book and uh, things were never quite the same since then which book was it it was the complete works of Oscar Wilde and
1: what did that change for
6: you? Um, almost everything because I always had this idea about writing uh, and doing some co- constructive writing and I always felt that in order to write you had to be completely, uh, uh, completely obscure and com- incredibly intellectual, so intellectual that nobody could possibly ever understand what you're talking about and use all these incredibly long words and be incredibly profound. And then I read Oscar Wilde and he used the m- most basic language and he said the most powerful things. All the words were uh, immediately understandable and fundamental and yet he, he wove such I- immense poetry. It, it occurred to me that just by saying very basic things and very real things that hi- here was the power of the written word rather than just being in completely uh, um, ostentatious and rhetorical, mm. whatever. Because your heroes include Oscar Wilde, James Dean, Billy Fury. Mm. Um, yes. Yeah, what, the... what do they have in common um, something, I'm sure, but on the on the face of it, perhaps people think they have nothing in common. But studying their lives, I think they were all um, essentially doomed creatures. And although they had each had immense success, their their, their lives ended quite um, sadly and quite distressingly, which has a certain degree of um, inexplicable appeal to me. The fact that people can become public figures and almost adored by everybody yet their lives are quite isolated in reality and very little has any value to them that to me has some, some strange appeal
5: learn to love me assemble the ways now today tomorrow and always my only weakness is a list of crime. my only Yes, is, well, never mind, never mind Chop the lifters of the world Unite and take over stop the lifters of the world Hand it over, hand it over, hand it over Learn to love me in the simple ways Now, today, tomorrow, and all my only weakness is a listed crime. But last night the plans for a future war was all I saw on channel four. Sharp the of the world Unite and take over Show the of the world hand it over Shoulder, pushing it sober Out of back, the flash down Six months is a long time Try living in the real world Instead of a shell
1: You say in other interviews that uh, you're now
6: celibate, mm. is that true? Yes, I'm afraid so. I don't have a certificate but uh, I can only say that I am.
1: Is, is that part of the Smith's
6: mythology? Not really, this? because the other three members of the group uh, are quite the reverse. Again, uh, 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 this gets almost repetitious, but it's, it was something that I initially had, had no say in, which sounds almost pitiful, but it really wasn't. And it's something that I got increasingly used to. And it's something that uh, I became so aware of as the years ticked past uh, and I realized that that I I was quite solitary in this area, that suddenly I realized that that it was something that I would um, quite perversely cling to. It became quite important to me for some reason. Suddenly it became really serious whether I I got involved or not, whereas to most people it really isn't. Was was your celibacy then prompted by a, a bad experience? Um, I've had very few experiences, but they have been bad, yes, and they were a very long time ago. And it's not something that I would like to repeat it, but this gets incredibly um, delicate and um, icy, and it becomes almost difficult to talk about. But yes, I would say that it was. I did lose the very idea that uh, any uh, communion between two people could could possibly be enjoyable. I did lose that um, particular thread and uh, i i did become enormously depressed to the point where i believe that any kind of relationship was almost impossible is there a fear now then of sex um no it's not a fear i wouldn't quite say that um but um something but not fear how no, would you it. describe it um uh, a slight um slightly um, uh, uh, Perhaps just too much thought, too much anticipation. Um, perhaps I don't really care enough.
5: Is it wrong to want to live on your own? No, it's not wrong that others know. How can someone? She to take a bow Root the grime of this world and the dear And don't go home tonight Come out and find the one that you love and who loves you the One that you love and who loves you Is it strong not to always be glad? I'm wrong, but I must how can someone so young do words so sad sheila take a sheila take a bow boot the grime of this world and the crushed there and don't go home tonight come out and find the one that you love and who
6: Just a, undeniably, it was a very exciting time. It was a very interesting time, it, it, because suddenly there seemed to be so many people around who were interesting. They wrote, they were poets, they, they had their own stores, they sold clothes, they looked fascinating. Punk seemed to bring out all, all that was hidden within people, for better or worse, but exactly what they were doing wasn't the point the fact was that suddenly people were there and there were clubs and there were independent record companies most of them were were hopeless and ridiculous but the fact was that they were trying to do something different and special and they were trying to crush the music industry the established music industry and that has to be fascinating
0: in a coma that's quite the topic that's off the uh the last album by the Smiths, strange ways here we come and also you heard uh, a few singles in there from 1987 and also 86 uh, sheila take a bow shoplif- shoplifters of the world unite and ask this is the smiths hanging in ghost town and uh speaking of the album strange ways here we come Uh, By the time they released this, which is the fourth album, by the way, uh, it was released in September of uh, 87. By the time they released it, the band had actually split up. Um, The breakdown in the relationship has been attributed to uh, Morrissey becoming annoyed with Marr's work with other artists and basically Marr growing frustrated by Morrissey's musical inflexibility. It was a relationship that just had run its course, apparently. But this is a wonderful album to go out with and a short-lived band that really made an impact and just oh man people compare them to the Beatles they influenced so many artists I mean directly I can think of Oasis you know like the next generation in the 90s they were huge um, Oasis is enamored by the Smiths along with so many other artists and just people in the world I mean this is a wonderful band they really uh, they were really focused they had something to say and uh, just musically Oh man stretching limits left right up ways down ways all around ways speaking of ways strange ways here we come i started something i couldn't finish it's the smiths in ghost town this is radio free nashville i'm creepy steve <laughs>
4: Morrissey hogged the headlines, but the Smiths' real success lay in his songwriting partnership with Johnny Marr. Their relationship was fiery and volatile, and for three and a half intense years, they could do no wrong.
5: Well,
1: they ob- obviously complimented each other to such an extent that they made...
4: ...fucking hell, you know, the most unique
1: music of their generation, probably fucking any generation. Marr-Morrissey's songwriting partnership was much greater than Lennon and McCartney. I think it's pretty clear that they were in love with one another. I think it's also probably the case that there was nothing sexual about their relationship, but that didn't mean that it was any less of a love affair, perhaps more.
4: By 1987, the Smiths had sold millions of albums worldwide, but Morrissey and Mar's creative marriage was dying as the two stubborn individuals grew further apart.
7: There's a strange battle going on, but I think that's what created the great tension within the group. That they, they were they were loving each other and hating each other and wanting to outdo each other. I've, I'll write a better lyric because you've written a better better tune. Take me out
4: I think that they found it quite claustrophobic after a while, almost toxic, you could say. The relationship became.
1: I think that Ma wanted to re. Assert his own identity.
4: But I do think that there was a kind of a whispering campaign against Morrissey at that time from within the Johnny camp. You know,
1: it it was like a marriage that had gone sour.
4: There were a lot of very sycophantic people around him who were telling him that he didn't need Morrissey.
1: Johnny wanted to take some time off and I think the NME famously printed a story saying Johnny had left the Smiths which kind of exacerbated the issue.
4: It just reached a point where I think Johnny decided he couldn't go on with it. In 1987, Johnny Marr officially left the Smiths. Soon after, the band split up for good.
7: It was was awful. It was like a marriage splitting up and you've got to choose your loyalties.
1: End of that relationship. Perhaps shouldn't be so surprising in a way, because um, who wants to be married to a genius? You know, whether you're talking about Mars genius or, or Morris's genius. So
0: If you think you've heard this one before, The Smiths off of Strange Ways, here we come. Also from that album, I started something I couldn't finish. All right, that does it for The Smiths. Hope you've enjoyed. Thanks, fellas. We all appreciate your visit to Ghost Town. Uh, Morris, he went solo. He put out a pretty fantastic album called Viva Hate, which is a reference to the end of The Smiths and was released in March of 1988, reaching number one in the UK charts. And uh, Morrissey continues to to perform and record as a solo artist. Uh, Johnny Marr returned to the music scene in 89 with New Order's Bernard Sumner and Pet Shop Boy, Neil Tennant, and the supergroup, Electronic. Electronic released three albums over the next decade, and uh, Marr was also a member of The The, Recorded two albums with that group and also worked as a session musician and writing collaborator with several artists. Um, The Pretenders, Brian Ferry, Pet Shop Boys, Talking Heads, Crowded House, uh, also Beck. Uh, In 2000, he uh, started a band called Johnny Marr and the Healers and uh, was a guest musician on the Oasis album Heathen Chemistry in 2002. And in 06, he began work with Modest Mouse's Isaac Brock on songs that eventually were featured on the band's 2007 release, We Were Dead Before the Ship Even Sank. And he did a whole tour with them, at least one tour. I know I saw them. Where did I see them? St. Augustine, Florida. Fantastic show with Johnny Marr. I got to see him on stage. It was cool. It was cool. I've not seen Morrissey, but I did see Johnny Marr with Modest Mouse. Uh, Andy Rourke and Mike Joyce have continued working together. They toured with Sinead O'Connor in the first half of '88 and also in that same year, um, they uh, were with a band very briefly called Adult Net. Um, and in '89 they recorded some singles with Morrissey. So that's basically the uh, that's it. that's the summary of what happened next. These guys were very short-lived, but gosh, is like most most of the greatest things that came out of music uh things people you know people hendrix you know short lived artists that just really made an impact that's the that's the best kind and that's what the smiths were they didn't last long but that's just because they were that awesome and beautiful all right hope you've enjoyed i'm getting sappy whatever make fun of me i'm going to get into some other music here to take you up to the top of the hour make sure you stay tuned at the prod man will be bringing you R.F.N. Weekend, as he does. All right, the uh, the band that starts off my show every week, the Dub Collective of Londoners and also uh, Londoners. Is it Londoners? I think so. I make up words sometimes, and also some boys from Jamaica. The collective is called the Specials, also the Special, A.K.A. in the later half of their career. Here's the man at CNA. You're listening to Radio Free Nashville. I'm Creepy Steve. You're kicking it in Ghost Town. Wine and Tract. that's Gang of Four from the 1979 release, Entertainment. And also in there you heard Girl You Want from Devo, that's off the third album, Freedom of Choice from 1980. Also from 1980, The Specials, the second release, the second album, more specials. Man at CNA, that's the Two-Tone and Ska revival, The Specials, starting off my show every week. Ghost Town, that's the name of the song, that's the name of the show. And I'm Creepy Steve. Alright. What do we got next? Echo and the Bunnymen from 81. Heaven Up Here, the second album. It's Over the Wall. We got a few more for you here. You're listening to Radio Free Nashville. Make sure you stay tuned for RFN Weekend with Matt the PM. Dream of a casino soul from the Peel sessions in all their maniacal charm. It's the fall. That's right. Mark E. Smith is the man with the voice. And before that, Over the Wall, off the second release, Heaven Up Here from 81. That was Echo and the Bunny Men. All right. We're wrapping up Ghost Town. I'm Creepy Steve. It's been done. Another one in the books. The Smiths. The two-part series. I like that better than trying to squeeze them into one two-hour show. You know, split it up a little bit. Maybe I'm going to start doing that as my approach for uh, the ones that take up a lot of time. The ones that have a lot of great songs and uh, great things to say. All right, I've got one more for you off the Sandinista record. Some serious artists here. It's The Clash. And, uh... I'll see you again uh, next uh, week. Well, no, I won't. So sorry. I won't. I'll play a repeat, but I'll be here the following week. All right. Creepy Steve signing off. Stay tuned for RFN Weekend with Matt the Prodman. This is Radio Free Nashville. I'll talk to you in two weeks.